well, who was halfway down that hill when I was hitting 90? A cop? Yeah. <laughs> for that split moment, he got me. For yeah. two hours, I drove perfectly. Oh, man. But for that, it couldn't have been more than, it couldn't have been more than a minute. Mm -hmm. It was a steep hill. I was booking it. <laughs> I was ready to get there. He got me. You know, whether... Whether there was it was right or wrong, he got me. Yeah, I was in the wrong. I, yeah, I, and I proved that the people that go down that hill speed because that's exactly why he was there. Because right. he knew. Yeah, he knew. Well, it's the same way for the activists when they come after your page. They know. They think they know that if they push these buttons and they sit at the bottom of that hill and they just cry, they're going to make you lose your cool. Hello and welcome to Talk Agony, a podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and today I have with me Tyler Ribeiro. So Tyler here is going to tell us a little bit about the issue regarding animal rights and how we go about that conversation. Not just why it's an issue, but also how can we in the agricultural industry handle that in a more professional and effective manner. But first of all, Tyler, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Well, I appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, this is really an amazing topic that a lot of us don't know how to talk don't know how to handle for the most part, much less talk about. And that's something that I really try to focus on, um, especially in my life. Uh, here on the farm, shoot, we've been doing this for four generations and talking about just how long we've been doing about it or how long we've been doing it hasn't really been that much of a aha moment for people. So. Seeing that and understanding that, I really focused on not only just bettering our herd and our family and everything that goes around being a dairyman, but also starting a social media profile. Uh, I'm on both Facebook and Instagram and unfortunately TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I try to show what dairy is, but also humanize what we do. I wanna show, you know, the truth, the real story on how we take care of animals, not this, this fairy tale lie that's being spread about us. What do we really do and how do you combat that? So that's a lot of what I focus on on our farm, making sure that we stand up to the integrity and the honesty that we I am talking about, which I'm, I can speak for the majority of facilities across the U.S. that what we talk about, what we say, what I show is actually happening on these farms. But also, how do you communicate what we're doing to people that have never seen a cow? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's a really, it's a good thing that you're doing. And I personally have, have followed your social media for a while. I don't know if you want to give a little bit more of an explanation about what you do on social media, what your presence is, what your role is in the ag industry as far as kind of, you know, hyping up what you do in the dairy industry. So my social media page, I focus on being a dad in dairy. You can find me on California Dairy Dad, well, CA Dairy Dad, specific. Um, I like to show what we do, right? 
here in agriculture, we have a really special opportunity to have our kids with us, to teach our kids what we're doing and have them follow in our footsteps, so to speak, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but with that, I really like to make you feel good, right? I enjoy what I do. I enjoy sharing what I do, but I want to make you laugh when I do it. I want to make you smile. I want you to look at it, and I don't care if you laugh at me because a snake popped out of somewhere I wasn't expecting and I <laughs> peed on myself. You know, I, don't, I don't care what it is. You know, I, I want you, after you leave my page, I want you to feel good. I want you to be happy. There's a lot of negativity in the world right now. And you're not going to get that from me. You're going to get the truth about what we do, non-biased opinion on what dairy is, what agriculture is. If something is wrong, I'll tell you it's wrong. If something is right, I'm going to tell you it's right. But at any rate, I want you to walk away feeling good that you know that you can trust us as a dairy community. And that you have a smile by the time you close that app. Awesome. I think that's a really good mentality to have going into it. I think, at least from my own observation, looking at a lot of social media around agriculture, it's a lot of just filling people with information and there's not a whole lot of storytelling going on. And one of the biggest advantages we have being, you know, more country lifestyle. I mean, look at the old, like the old cowboys. That was always like a big thing. And storytelling is huge. Like mm-hmm. that's how we we sell our product is sell, telling that story. And so, I, I think that personality is something that has been kind of lost in that communication between farmer and consumer. I think that's something that that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here because you're very active in the idea of tell your story, bring personality, make people understand that you know farmers are people too. Mm-hmm. So well, and we're approachable. You know, there's a lot of people that are scared to ask the question because they're scared they're going to look stupid. Mm. They're scared that there's, they're going to be told, how, how could you possibly think that? But the fear is real a lot of the times. How often have you seen a producer criticize someone for asking a question? It's not right. right. We want to share our story so much. You can't criticize someone for not knowing. They come to you for questions. Right. They want to know. Yeah. Tell me about this. I really thought that brown, that chocolate milk came from brown cows. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can take that in and chuckle about it, but it was an honest question. Educate with humility. Right. And then move forwards. No, absolutely. And I have tried to get away from it but in the in the interviews i've done with consumers over the past few episodes i asked all of them i've stopped doing this since because i don't think that it's a good idea but i've asked all of them a set of like extremely basic like almost what what you know we laugh about kind of questions just to see where their knowledge set is at but i make sure they understand like look i'm asking you these questions because there are people who actually believe this and i want to know if you're one of those people before i say anything that might make you feel stupid because I don't want to make you feel stupid. Like I'll talk to people on and like we start off the interview. I'm like, okay, before we start, first of all, where did your food come from? They're like farms. Okay. Uh, where does chocolate milk come from? And they usually say, I'm pretty sure you just mix chocolate with milk. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Like as long as you don't say brown cows, that's what I'm looking for. And they're like, like people actually think that I'm like way more than you would think. And yeah. they're like, there's no way. I'm like, yeah, no, that's, I'm not asking you because I'm trying to be mean. I'm asking you because like, I don't know what you know. And that's the, that's the other hard part about the conversation is we don't know what consumers know and don't know. And so we need to kind of look at it with the perspective of like, like you're saying, teach with humility, like look at it from the perspective of, okay, what do you want to know and what can I teach you? And then just kind of based off of, you know, like if, if 
somebody were here for the first time and I didn't think they would know about this, what would I want them to know kind of thing? At least that's what I, why, I don't know if you have different thoughts on that or... No, I mean, it, you're 100% correct. Um, it's, it's interesting because on my page has really kind of exploded here in the last month or so. And I've got a good population of people that aren't in the dairy industry. Or maybe they don't know about animals in general. Um, I showcase everything I've got. So horses, donkeys, chickens, turkeys, um, everything. I've got a funny farm. And some people don't don't know, but they're scared to ask on a regular thread. So I'll get these messages in private. Hey, I, I, I'm, I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to look stupid. I don't understand the joke. You know, can you explain it to me? And that's your opportunity to be the person they need to be. Right. You know, educate, kind of explain it to them. You both laugh about it. And then that opens up that communication window for next time. Yeah. Be that, be the person that they want to come to. Yes. Be that person that he's not going to make me feel stupid or she's not going to make me feel stupid for asking this question. And that's where we get really tied up when it comes to especially animal handling. So many people are scared to ask the question because it's such a emotional, passionate um, argument that we have as, as dairy producers is we feel so strongly about this and we are doing everything possible to make sure that these little divas <laughs> get everything that they want, whatever they want, and we spend millions of dollars yeah. just to make them happy because, and I've been telling people, and it's the truth, is Dairies aren't here to produce milk. Dairies ship out milk, but dairies are here to produce happy, healthy cows. From that, the byproduct is milk. Yeah. And it's so, so hard to keep your cool sometimes <laughs> when people are lying about you or, or saying you, you do all these terrible things when it's so far from the truth. And so many times we as, as dairy men and women have to wake up in the middle of the night to go take care of a calf, spend all night trying to, you know, help this mother and then watch them both die. Right? That passion doesn't come just from nowhere. You know, that's that's lived out passion. That's that's emotion that you just don't get. You care so deeply about every single animal. So when somebody makes even a single question about how you take care of your animals, it's so easy to take the defensive and then immediately go offensive. Yeah. When it was an honest question that they just didn't know. They didn't know you were up all night. Yeah. They didn't know that you didn't get to go to your kid's performance because you had cows to take care of or that you had to miss the family barbecue because somebody was calving or whatever it might be. They have no idea. Not their fault. No. There's no way for them to know. Right. However, it's our position to teach, right? explain with patience, understanding that they don't know. They'll never know unless we talk, unless we tell them. Absolutely. And I think that you, you kind of hit on it there, but I think that it's really important to keep in mind. And, and like you said, they, they have no way of knowing when, especially those in the, in the animal agriculture industry, but those when, when we're just attacked by 
people on social media they are actively looking for a fight so animal rights activists yes. or you know like anti-gmo people or like you know anyone who who's just looking for trouble kind of thing when that's all we see in social media it creates this false perception that anyone who doesn't know must be against us and that creates kind of a, a warfare kind of mentality between both sides and that's not healthy for this conversation to really happen well no but you touched on it right there is a very very small percentage of people that are out there actively looking for a fight. Mm -hmm. They become a little more organized, so they seem a lot more loud. Mm -hmm. They're very pesky. <laughs> it's a bit like that fly that just won't leave you alone, <laughs> right? Yep. But for the most part, the silent majority is there to listen. Yes. So if you can deal with the pest in the room in order to educate the majority, to be there to help, everybody else to be there to be that sounding board for them that's that's what it's all about you're never going to change those people that are actively out there to pick a fight no. you're not going to change their mind they don't they don't care they don't care about you they don't care about your family they don't care how great you do on the farm they're there to actively shut you down right they're actively out there spreading lies trespassing whatever it might be causing you incredible mental and sometimes physical harm mm -hmm. to a point just to see you fail just because of their dilemma in life you know their their thought process their right. the lies that they've been fed or mm -hmm. and god bless them if they decide not to drink dairy or eat meat i'm not going to tell you what you can eat or what you can't drink right that's not i i truly believe if, if you if you want to drink Whatever you want to drink, drink it. I don't yeah. care. I really don't. <laughs> right. But you got to do it with the understanding of why. Why have you made that choice? Right. Is it because mom and dad have taught you to do that? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Is it because you honestly believe something about an industry that's not true? That's not okay. No. Right? I'm all about making informed decisions. And if it doesn't fall in the dairy category, that's your choice. What I wish you were over on our side, absolutely. But if you choose not to, as long as I've got your trust and respect that we do work 24 hours, seven days a week to make sure the product that leaves our shell, or leaves our uh, farm is the most safe, wholesome product that you could ever find, yep. that you trust us that we can do this day in and day out that we have been for decades, for generations. That's all I care about. Yeah. I just care that you have the most informed decision possible, whether it's dairy or not, <laughs> as long as you're making it based on truths and not lies, that's it. That's yeah. what it's all about. No, absolutely. And I think that agriculture, <laughs> it's kind of funny, the agricultural sector and the, the less agriculturally literate consumer consumer se sector when i say that i don't mean the mri activists i mean like the, like the listeners like you were talking about mm -hmm. they have more likely they do in common they're both misrepresented in media <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> like we're both deemed as like because we're not loud enough therefore people say our story for us and it's not the story we want to tell and i see a lot of times like i've actually like taking your fly analogy the annoying fly it's always you know like buzzing around you yeah it gets annoying yeah it gets you really pissed off half the time because you don't know what to do about it like you know you can't hit it because it won't go away or if you hit it five more follow you like it's it's a difficult issue to deal with but if you lose your temper 
then that's the worst thing you could do. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie 42 uh, no. with, with Jackie Robinson. Fantastic movie. I love that movie. And it's it's got one of my favorite points in it of all time because Jackie Robinson, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it relates to what we're talking about. Jackie Robinson had a terrible temper. And I mean, like like I said, you know, he was, he was the first uh, African-American to go into baseball and he faced a lot of racial criticism going into baseball. But the manager who took him in wanted him to be like the symbol of what that could mean. And, and there's a good part of the movie where he gets, you know, names called on him and he gets the stuff thrown at him while he's out trying to bat and he gets you know he gets beamed by one of the pitchers and it's like this bad scene he walks into the dugout he breaks the bat over the wall and he's just like about ready to strangle somebody like he's so mad and the manager comes out just gives him a hug and says look if you prove to them that you're just some angry you know animal that's just gonna go on a rampage you're proving them right because that's what they think you are and that's kind of the issue we're facing right now on social media is we're being posed as these, you know, capital, you know, capitalists, like, you know, power hungry, like just cows are machines. So we, we utilize them for what we want them and that's it. If we get mad, then that just proves their point. That proves that, that that's all we are is just, you know, the power hungry capitalists that don't care about our cows. Well, and that's just it. A, a lot of the people that have been attacking me on social media are there trying to upset me. Mm-hmm. They try to say things that... I think have worked on other people, um, poking at my morals, my ethics, you know, deep stuff. Yeah. I've heard of kid. I heard, I've heard of people attacking um, kids on social media, mm-hmm. uh, parents, kids. Oh, why are you teaching your kids that you're a horrible parent? You know, I sure hope you both die. Like seriously, I mean, it's really easy for me to jump out of my skin right. and want to strangle you through a computer. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I will find you. <laughs> this is what I do. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I drink milk and I kick your butt. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. But at the same point, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that sound bite that 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 fits their narrative yes. right it may not be the truth mm-hmm. but if they can get you to lose your cool even if it's just for a split second they just won mm-hmm. like the other day not, uh, well a little while ago um the cruise control in my truck was broken mm-hmm. and i had to go to a meeting all the way to the coast at about two and a half hour drive and i told myself i'm going to drive the speed limit <laughs> All the way there, darn it. <laughs> and I did, except for one mile. I was coming down a hill, and I took my foot off the brake. I said, we're just going to cruise down this hill. When I hit the bottom, we're just going to go. I'm going to save on gas. Well, who was halfway down that hill when I was hitting 90? The cop. Yeah. <laughs> for that split moment, he got me. For yeah. two hours, I drove perfectly. Oh, man. But for that... It couldn't have been more than it couldn't have been more than a minute. Mm-hmm. It was a steep hill. I was booking it. <laughs> I was ready to get there. <laughs> he got me. You know whether whether there was it was right or wrong. He got me. Yeah, I was in the wrong. I, yeah. I and I proved that the people that go down that hill speed because that's exactly why he was there. Because right. he knew. Yeah, he knew. Well, it's the same way for. The activists, when they come after your page, they know, they think they know, that if they push these buttons and they sit at the bottom of that hill and they just cry, they're going to make you lose your cool. That cool that you had when you had an employee quit on you that night and you had to milk, 
the cool that you had when you spent an hour trying to help a mother cab, that cool you had when you had to go home to kids that were freaking out because they've been quarantined. Yeah. You know, and maybe you slept for two hours if you were lucky. That cool that you kept calm the entire time. And then they just poke at it. They poke at it. You were calm that entire time. But it was that last straw from that pesky fly that flew in your ear and you want to (laughs) smack the tar out of it. But just to prove their point. And that may be the most important time, that, that split second when you're typing on that keypad, that will dictate the way people view the industry. Now, I'm not taking away anything from the rest of your day, the patience that you had. My gosh, the majority of the people that are able to pull that off is a saint. Right. But for the sake of everybody, everybody, because they will take that one clip and they will play it for everybody. All dairymen are this way. Yep. All cows are treated this way because they got that little clip of you losing your cool for a split second. Now, with that being said, just calm down. <laughs> Take a breather. Right. There are so many times that I just was, I just had to I had to put the computer away, <laughs> put the phone away. Yeah. I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. But, you know, it it affects everybody. Yeah. It's just understanding that you don't have to respond right away and knowing that they're there purposely trying to do that to you. They're not honest people that are there trying to, you know, help you with something no. or help educate the public. They're, they're being malicious. Yeah. Knowing that going in, though, and knowing that they want you to screw up, mm-hmm. to me, that helps me a lot. Yeah. Knowing that if I'm going into a fight, I know they're going to hit me. I'm able to parry and block just a little bit better. That's true. No, it's a good perspective to have on it. And I think that that's, a, that's something that a lot of people in the ag industry need to kind of take note of because basically I've seen two major mentalities and there's like other ways of dealing with it, but either most people that I've seen that are active on social media and try to have conversations with the people, they either give in and they fight back, which usually doesn't go well, or they try to ignore them, which doesn't help anybody because they're still getting the message out there and somebody's going to read it. And if nobody fights it, and if nobody says anything, then that's all they see. And they believe that that's the truth is all they have. Well, and, and I can't knock both sides. I can't, right. I can't knock either side. No, exactly. Um, I, I understand wanting to fight back mm-hmm. and I understand going dark and ignoring. Yeah. There's both sides and both sides have a place. Right. Um, now fighting back, you have to do it educatedly. Right. You have to do it knowing that when you go into it, that you have to do it correctly. If you don't know how to fight back, I say fight back very loosely. Right. If you don't know how to respond, don't. It's worse for all of us <laughs> if you respond incorrectly. Right. There's a lot of people that are just told, just please shut up. Please don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're going to say. Just don't. For the love of Pete, just stop. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are told, just just don't. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's I feel like everybody should have, have a voice. And it's not fair that it's that way a lot of times. But... If everybody, if, if people wanted to respond, respond, do it. Don't be scared. No. You know, and maybe it's not on that thread. Yeah. Maybe it's taking time to make another post 
that's a sidebar of the whole thing mm. to be like, okay, this is what happened over here, but I'm going to correct it here. Right. You know, this is what was said and this was incorrect. I'm going to address it on this side on a different post. I'm going to explain it thoroughly mm. where it doesn't come out as, uh, I guess, emotional or quick-witted or whatever it might be it's calculated right it's calculated going in um it's just it's really it, it's, it's a really delicate dance because they are out those people are out there to do dumb things but we as producers and whether it's dairy or farming we're very intelligent people yes i mean they're incredible people in agriculture mm -hmm. That they need to share their story. They shouldn't discourage anybody from sharing, mind you. No. These people are out there. They're not going to go away. No. So if you want your story spread, you better do it now or they're going to tell it. Yeah. Are you going to run into these a-holes? <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. happen. And knowing it's going to happen, you should just expect it. And it'll help you get through it. But also know there's a ton of people that have done it before. Yeah. We are a very well-connected group now where if you need help, I don't care what industry you are in. Reach out to other people that have social pages. We've all been attacked. <laughs> if you haven't, you're going to. Yeah. But that's why all of us are here going, hey, if you need help, ask us. We'll plug you into our groups. We'll get you the help you need. We'll jump on the page for you and help you with this yeah. stuff. You're not alone. No. And that's the huge thing when starting a social page is understanding you're not alone. It's finding somebody to help either mentor you or at least help you through some of these rough patches. Yeah. Now this, I think is one of the reasons why I started this page and a mini have too, is so that producers don't feel alone. Right. A lot of times you see these things, like you said, you see them online. It's just, it's ugly. You know, they're saying this and prop this and the news yeah. is saying that and there's a protest yeah. and you feel isolated. But at the same time, you can, there's people out there, you know, and, and we have to be that voice. And, one of the biggest things I want producers to know is that they're not alone. Right. We're out there. We're here. We need you. We need you to spread spread the story that we're saying. There's a lot of people that don't want to go out and put themselves out there on social media. They don't want to tell their story because they're scared. Yeah. But they're totally cool with other people doing it. We need those people to like and share and comment yes. and bring those bring those posts to the top of the feeds. I'm not saying just mine. There's tons out there. Pick somebody. <laughs> yeah. Pick somebody. Yeah. I don't care. We're all in it together. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's another big thing that I see a lot is that as much as agriculture is a, is a competitive industry, the one thing to keep in mind is we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to feed the world. We're trying to rebuild communities. We're trying to get our word out there. There's no point in not working together to get that done. I mean, we're all we're all on the same team here. As, you know, And I think that a lot of it is that and I'm curious to see your perspective on this because I've always kind of thought of it as like it's it's more kind of on your point of instead of just responding to their comment, you just post a whole separate post that addresses maybe a related issue that's supposed mm -hmm. to answer their question kind of thing. If you were to do something along the lines of instead of focusing on trying to correct every mistake that those groups say about agriculture, instead of trying to right all the wrongs, go and just teach the consumers. So mm -hmm. like instead of just because 
they're spreading false information. They probably even know it's false information and they don't care. They just want to cause trouble. And like, there's a lot of groups that, you know, they may say they're animal rights. They don't care about animals. They just want, they just want to push their agenda or they want to fight or they want, you know, they have, they're bored. So they go online and they fight people. Like that's, there's, <laughs> there's tons of people like that and they're yeah. annoying, but you got to deal with them. But I almost, at least, at least in my opinion, think it's better to, because like you said, it's a massive, or it's a it's a it's a tiny like minuscule minority mm-hmm. that actually is fighting people like that. That's actually picking the fights. That actually has an issue with agriculture. That actually wants to fight it. I almost think it'd be better to just focus all of our energy and attention on teaching the consumers the truth, getting more ag presence in media than we already have, trying to get more of a let's talk to consumers like you know like just hands on say hey. You can trust what they say, or you can see it from my point of view, and I actually deal with it every day. These people have never even been on a farm before, and like bringing the bringing the story, like we talked about earlier, bringing the perspective, the personality to the consumer instead of just letting them choose what they believe between the two fights that they're watching going on. I'm not sure which one is, would be. I, I think it's better to reach out to the consumer personally instead of just hoping that they pick the right side. Well, I think you can do both at the same time, mm-hmm. um, because the arguments that they have may have a little truth in it. I mean, there's cows, there's your truth. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a subsequent storyline that fits that agenda. That to the unknowing sounds true. Right. And it may be in the back of the consumer's mind. I've heard this, right? I've, I've, I've seen a poster board on the highway that talked about this. So instead of directly directly combating the comment that was made on your page or whatever it might be, right. you take that issue. Mm-hmm. So for instance, there, let's say there's an uh, issue, your cows are sweating, your cows are hot, whatever it might be, oh my goodness, you horrible dairyman. Right. Well, I'm not gonna say you're an idiot, <laughs> these people are saying this, yeah. no, we're not doing that. Right. It's, hey, look what we're doing. Look at these cows. I've got misters and soakers and fans. Do you know how I know that they're happy? Do you know how I know how they're feeling good? Look, look at their eyes, look at their ears. See how their ears are up, see how their eyes are full. Mm -hmm. See how slow their breath is. Mm -hmm. See a hot cow has fast breathing, long tongue. Teach them how to identify it too. Give them a little bit more information. Mm -hmm. Not just be like, yeah, look, I got all these things, (laughs) you know, trust me that it works. Right. Take it the full circle. Yeah. Teach them how to identify it so they have that bit of information that's not told to them mm-hmm. from the other side. Okay? Yeah. They say, this is what the, the other side will say, the cows are hot, they're burning, la 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 la, mm-hmm. bad dairyman. Yeah. But they have no proof because there is none. Right. Now let's show the proof, show what we're doing mm-hmm. to help with that, and then teach them how to eyeball it themselves. So when they drive past the dairy, they go, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's 90 degrees out here. Right. You know, look at those cows. They look pretty dang happy. You <laughs> yeah. know? No, exactly. And I think that, so I've heard a couple different strategies on how to deal with both sides of it. People who are, you know, scared because they don't know, or those who are actually trying to pick the fight kind of, you know, like in addressing both of those, I'm just going to call them parties for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of different strategies to approaching them. That's probably the first I've heard of that style of actually like giving them evidence from a personal level of like, look, these cows are, they look full. They have their, you know, their breathing is slowing down. Their ears are up. Like that's a, that's a really interesting point. that's not really talked about a lot because 
usually the idea is you give them all kinds of stats and, and numbers and hope that it works out kind of thing, which, I mean, I've learned over time that stats do not resonate with people at all. No, people don't care. No, they, they read the numbers <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like 72% of people don't know where they're through. Okay, I, I don't know what you want me to do with that. 60% of statistics are made up. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's like having like real examples to, to help them understand is, is definitely a better way of going about it. I've heard a lot of different strategies. I kind of like your your opinion on what these, like how these strategies work. So like I've heard one that's, uh, it's called Ease. Uh, I think Cal Poly was on this is teaching about this a few years back at some job fair. So it's E-A-S-E. It's um, engage in, this, in the situation or engage in the problem. Uh, a is um, assess or like uh, kind of like, like what's the argument? Like why, why like what's your, what's your side? Like what's the problem? And then S or uh, yeah, E-A-S. So S is tell your side of the story, you know, tell what like what you bring to the table and then E is earn their trust. So, I mean, it's a strategy that works in certain circumstances, but with people who aren't willing to listen, that's not going to work all that well. I mean, I, at least I don't think so. Well, people that aren't willing to listen, you're not talking to. That's that's, that's fair. That's right? a good point. I mean, I, I understand. I understand the the acronym and it, it, a lot of like a lot of things. If you read it in the book, it looks really set in stone, right? Right. But it's essentially what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. I'm engaging in the conversation. I'm assessing what the argument really is because their argument about hot cows isn't about us being horrible dairymen. It's not about those cows being hot in general. It's about animal welfare. Yeah. They're attacking how we take care of animals. So we're going to show how well we take care of all animals. Yeah. Right? So we assess the situation. It is animal welfare. So we may even show them the beds in the background and tell them that we groom them and we show the lanes. They don't even talk about the lanes, but they're absolutely spotless and clean right. or whatever it might be. That's what we're showing. Right. Only then, after you've done those steps, and I completely understand that, is then you will earn their trust. Yeah. Then you'll earn their trust, their respect. Yeah. Earn the faith that we're going to do it day in and day out. Yeah. Um, I've never heard the acronym, but that's essentially what we're trying to do. Yeah. And no, that's what it sounds like. That's why I brought it up, because that sounds like kind of the direction you're going. I wasn't sure if you heard that before. No, I haven't. Okay. I went to Fresno State. We don't use those things. Right. No, I don't <laughs> Yeah. Now, I'm going to Fresno State, too, but then Cal Poly was just like, hey, you should come to us. We have these funny acronyms. I was like, yes. <laughs> but, um, and then there's another one that I've, I've actually heard um, a Fresno State student talk about. I don't know if you know Andrew Skidmore. Uh, he's a, a former uh, state, state president. But uh, he, he was giving a whole seminar on how to – basically, it's like the marginalization of agriculture and media, like how to address that kind of thing. And he had a strategy that I thought was interesting. I think it works for some people if they don't have the advantage that, like you have, for example, where you can actually go out to your cows and do videos and do that kind of stuff. For somebody who lives in more of an urban area and can't get those kinds of resources is if you see a wrong statistic, instead of trying to fire back at it, you find an actual article, a legitimate article, and you post a link to it instead. So you say like, you know, I'm not going to fight with you. Just read this if you, if you really want to know. Problem with that is you have to trust people actually going to read it, and that's not always going to be the case. It's hard, you know. That's a really, that's a really hard one, mm -hmm. and I think that's why a lot of uh, interest groups, uh, the checkoffs alike, whatever it might be, are looking towards influencers, social media influencers, to help share their story, mm -hmm. to spread the truth. Yeah. Essentially, is what it is, because people aren't going to look at the papers. I'm not saying he's wrong, because I think that's a good. Every, there's a place for everything, right? Honest to God, and 
I love reading white papers myself. I'm a bit of a nerd. I am too. So I'll, I'll read the statistics. <laughs> yeah. But I, I care, you yeah. know, and I, at some points I have the time to do that. I'll make a point to. A lot of people won't, but they will look to see what that chef that cooks with beef is doing. Yeah. No, you know, exactly. I care. Yeah. I care because I really like this person. They have my trust. Mm -hmm. So, oh my goodness, that is California beef. <laughs> or, oh my goodness, they are cooking with real California milk. Right. You know, or whatever it might be. Um, it's probably the easiest direction, I think. I mean, every, people have been doing this for decades, I think. Yeah. Um, General Mills has been doing it. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's really have done it. Yeah. Uh, the dairy industry, agriculture industry as a whole have been really late to the game. Mm -hmm. um, but to go back to your point, it's really hard if you don't have access to animals or have some sort of help. Mm -hmm to prove that point yeah because a lot of what you're doing is showing because they're doing a lot of telling the right. other side is doing a lot of telling and and not really showing right they're, they're trying to a lie has to be repeated multiple times in order for it to stick yeah the truth should only have to be told once right especially if you can show it <laughs> exactly look we're a glass we're a glass box yeah look this is what's going on what do you want to know I will show you. I'm not going to tell you. Just just tell you about it. I'm going to show you. Yeah. And it's been really hard for, especially dairy, to open up those doors. We've been a bit of a black box because for such a long time, we weren't protected. We couldn't be protected. We had to be very, very guarded from this small group that at in the past, they could tie you up in litigations and take you to court for all these things that were spoofs yeah they lied yeah it was it was untrue mm -hmm. but there's stories about people being tied up in court because of these guys that's not here anymore no. the farm has a lot more power now more rights to protect themselves so now we're able to open up share what we're doing may that little pesky fly come with a little few of their friends yeah possibly you could swat at him though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Sure, yeah. You know, please, please don't hurt anybody. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not condoning that. Don't swat nobody. But, you're gonna see the headline. Tyler, oh, Tyler, Tyler said, "Swat the flies." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, that'll go great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get a phone call on that one. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we have a lot more opportunities to share our story without the backlash, right? There's a lot more people are there that are willing to stand up and go, okay, I see Tyler's getting attacked, which just happened. Mm -hmm. Tyler's getting attacked on social media. This is what they're saying. And everybody posts the opposite because that's the truth. Everybody posts. They're talking about animal welfare. They're attacking him on that. Well, we're going to share animal welfare and we're going to show you, mm -hmm. right? Or we're going to tell all of our followers to go look at the crazy nonsense that's going on, on on Dairy Dad right now. Yeah. And that wasn't there before. And it's really, really difficult to change that mindset in the dairy industry. To understand that we do have protection. We are not alone. The checkoffs even have become a bigger player in this part of protecting us. Whether you have been privy to that information or of the checkoffs in some areas are a little behind. I know uh, CMAB here has been fantastic for me. Um, when when I had some unwanted flies on my page, um, 
they were there every step of the way. I mean, so was Lando Lakes, which was right. fantastic. Um, but it's been a learning curve for everybody. And right now we really need everybody to continue to not only share their story, but boost those that are that are sharing their story. Again, I don't care if they're from New York, from New Mexico, from Oregon, from, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Dairy is dairy. Yeah. And we all have the same things in mind. We're all taking care of the animals the best that we can, making sure that milk is as safe and nutritious as possible, and make sure that you have a fantastic time consuming it, whether it's in in gallon milk or fluid milk or cheese or butter or ice cream we want to give it to you in a way that you want it right you know yeah. i mean we're here to make you happy a happy we're here we're here for your enjoyment yeah you know we're not here to shove anything down your throat no we're here to give you a product that we know to be amazing mm -hmm. that we know to be incredibly healthy you know, dang near a superfood right. everything that's got in it but we're here doing it in such a responsible integral manner that it's too perfect i think i think that's probably what bothers people <laughs> is it's too perfect in a way and they have to attack it people yeah. don't like good things no they don't <laughs> no absolutely and i was actually going to ask another question that you pretty much already answered which was We've seen a harder time with, especially the older generations, but a lot of different industries, you know, including the dairy industry, you know, that don't see the the importance or the need in telling their story and being and being there for other farmers when they're attacked, and you know, being present on media and, and sharing the physical example, like you talked about, you know, showing those videos and showing that kind of stuff. So you pretty much already touched on that. As far as I was, I don't know if anything else you wanted to add to, like, do you see more? Uh, actually, I'll put it this way. Do you see more dairymen or more people in the ag industry getting onto that that uh, like platform of, you know, we need to support each other on social media kind of thing? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there are new pages being made all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I was part of a foot cup dairy challenge here. I saw that. It was so much fun. <laughs> I, did not, I did not put it together. It was put together by... Uh, I think like New Mexico, New Mexico milkmaid, Seagest uh, Farm. Um, oh, there was a ton. There was there was a good Idaho dairy. There's there's a group of gals that put it together huh. and connected a ton of us that I didn't even know existed. Wow, I didn't even know these pages existed. I knew <laughs> a handful of them. Yeah, but it opened my eyes. I didn't even know you had a page. <laughs> I didn't even know you were on this earth. Mm. You know, and they had. Some of these people have 94,000 followers. I'm going, how many people are out there that have small pages that we don't know about? Right. There's a ton of people out there. Yeah. A lot of them just need that encouragement. Now, some of that, some of the, some of the reason it's hard to create pages is because of the older generation. Because it's scary because we've been in that black box for so long. We've been trying to protect ourselves trying to be quiet because that's what we were told to do. Don't say anything because they're going to attack you. Right. Well, our generation is a bunch of fighters. Yeah. And we don't care anymore. We're going, <laughs> yeah. we're going to win this. You know? Yeah, it's, exactly. You know, we're tired of being punched and beat up. Yeah. You know, for something we're not doing. Don't lie. Right. Do not lie about what we're doing. Do not spread false information. Yeah. And now the older generation is going, you know what? We're sick of it too. How do we get on board? Yeah. How do we help you? How do we support you? Now, 
having people show up on the farm is something that no one is comfortable <laughs> with. To, to a point. Right. You know, to a point. Nobody wants that inconvenience in their day. Because sure. that's what it is. It's an inconvenience. Sure. What can they do? They're not going to be able to sue you. They're not going to be able to take anything off your plate. They're not right. going to be able to shut your business down. Yeah. Are they going to be a pest? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But that kind of means that you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, if you all your eggs are in a row, or eggs in a row, if all your ducks are in a row, <laughs> and you're doing what you're preaching. Yeah. What's wrong? Right. What's wrong? Let them show up. Let them sh- show like, let them be, a, be the, few, the fool. Let them be the fool. Yeah. Because what I've been saying, what we've all been saying is the truth. Now, I'm not inviting those people here. <laughs> but, I mean, we've done tours um, for uh, like Fortune 500, 200 companies. We've had a lot of companies come out here to see what dairy is. And it's really, really interesting to see their perspective on what they thought and what they saw. Yeah. And those are the people that I want to, to educate. Those are the people that I want to show. Right. And knowing for liability reasons that, and biosecurity reasons, I can't just have anybody on the farm that I've got to do it in a different manner. I've got to, somehow I've got to reach people that want to come, but can't, I can't allow them to be right. on the facility, but I still want them to know I've got nothing to hide. So that's where the social page comes in. And that's still that gray area of comfort <laughs> for a lot of people, especially the older generation yeah. that may not always understand the protections that we have in social medias, even though it seems like there's none. Right. No, exactly. I think that's, it, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've seen a lot more of the older generation and just more farmers in general getting into that, you know, mentality of like, we need to stop just letting them bulldoze us. Like, you know, we, we need to kind of take a stand here. I think that's a really good thing. So I, I kind of think I know your answer to this, but do you think that there's a, a bright future for like ag and the media kind of platform? Like, do you think that, do you think that agriculture is going to become a mainstream thing? People are going to pay more attention to it because of how present these pages are starting to become? I think they're going to start paying attention for a few reasons. Um, one, yes, the ag pages are fairly new and they're taking a lot of steam really quick. They're growing pretty quick. And so eventually people are going to take notice. I see a lot of us have been on the news, um, national news, uh, local news, whatever it might be. People are going to see. The other side is people are really going to start noticing when it hits their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. When they're talking about bringing food in from other countries, um, maybe even state lines. But when food is in the news and you start seeing food in the stores being more expensive than it was, why is that? You know, why, why is it costing me more now and why isn't that food as good? Right. You know, yeah. why, why does that say product of, you know, XYZ country? Yeah. Uh, do I trust that? Right. Or do I trust all the stinking regulations that the U.S. has <laughs> to make sure there's zero tolerance on everything right. to go in my food? Do we have any control of those other countries? Uh, no. 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 No, not really. You know, but we're going to pay a lot of times more for that product. You're going to start getting that attention. You're starting to, and it's not that you're asking for it. It's people are going to start caring. People are going to start caring where their food comes from. And I think we're there now. 
there, people are really paying attention more now than ever before where their food comes from yeah. and how is it produced. A lot of times they care more about how than they care where. Yeah. You know, is, did it come from a happy cow? Did it come from a tree that was planted in the forest? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the really mushy, happy feeling that's behind it, that's what they want to know. That's the feeling. They're buying an experience. Yeah. They're buying a feeling because they could buy whatever product they want. What makes them feel good about it? Um, and that's kind of where we are now. So okay. those that are able to walk the walk and talk the talk, <laughs> yeah. which the dairy industry does fantastically. Yeah. Um, we Again, we've got nothing to hide. Uh, and we're proving that. We've got probably one of the most stable track records in all of history. Yeah. In the U.S., that is. Let me make that very clear. In right. the U.S. <laughs> um, but we're becoming more mainstream because as food becomes more and more scarce, as the population continues to grow, and there's talk about not having enough food come 2050 to, to feed everybody to their their current demands, as as statistics show, right. we have to get a lot more creative on how we produce food. So we need to talk about where it comes from. How is it produced? Right. And people are going to take more of a stand on what's in the store. Like they already are. People are already taking that stand. But now more than ever, I think we're going to be a, a lot more mainstream. So we need people like you <laughs> to go out there and talk on the news. And be a part of those conversations <laughs> and highlight those people that are telling the truth, dang it. I'm working on he it. He is for hire. He's going to college, <laughs> but he's for hire. I don't know if you can afford him. He's really expensive. He's that good. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the, the, the shout out. That's yeah. the question. But no, I'm, I'm working on it. But no, I think that's I think it's a, 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 an accurate observation. That's, that's what I've noticed as well. And I've also noticed, from just like I talked earlier, talking to these consumers about you know, where their concerns at, what they're interested in agriculture, like why I've had, I've had consumers reach out to me and say, Hey, with everything going on with, you know, quarantine and like the world's basically on fire, we don't know what's going on. Like I want to start my own garden. Like people are getting into like the idea of like, I want to figure out how food is grown in case something goes south real quick. Like, yeah, I've seen and, that too. Yeah. And people are like reaching out to me like, Hey, I know you do this podcast about agriculture. Can you teach me like everything I need to know about how to raise food? It's like, okay, first of all, no. <laughs> <laughs> But we can have a conversation about agriculture and that might get your foot in the door to learn more about this kind of stuff. And they're like psyched about it. And so like that kind of stuff. So like as, as terrible as everything that's going on is, it is kind of helpful for our side of things. Like the people are actually concerned enough that they need to know where their food's coming from now. And like you said, how it's being grown. And that's something that is like, we went through a long phase, like a very long phase of people not caring where the food came from. Right. They just ate it. And now they're starting to take an interest. And it's for, like you said, it's for a lot of reasons. Some of it's fear. Some of it is uh, nutrition. Like nutrition is a big thing. So everyone's like, oh yeah, Absolutely. on a million different diets, so they have to look into how the food's grown to make sure <laughs> it works for their diet kind of thing. So there's all that kind of, like there's like the niche markets and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like how food is grown is part of a, a dinner table conversation that it hasn't been part of for a very long time. And it's kind of cool to see, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I think so at least. And there's another point I was going to make. I can't remember what it was now. Well, as you're talking about how, how food is produced, you know, more now than ever, I'm getting more questions about organic. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love the questions. And 
I'm not going to dog it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say anything bad about it yeah. because it's just a process of growing that food. Yeah. It doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any worse. It makes it different. Yeah. And maybe that difference is just the person behind it and how the tractors they used and yeah. the way they cultivated it. Right. You know, and that's, and that's it. And I love having those conversations because they think a lot of people think you just, you know, you're a conventional dairy farmer. You must hate those organic guys, you know? <laughs> No, no, I don't. I don't. Good for them. Yeah. They fooled you all and they're making a ton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am jealous. You know, it's the same milk. Right. You know, it's the same. Well, it tastes different. It's processed different. <laughs> the cow's biology is exactly the same. I don't care which farm you're on. A cow's a cow's a cow's a cow. Right. But you'll pay 20 bucks a gallon. You know, I've gotten, if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to. But I love, I love that conversation because oh, I yeah. immediately think I'm going to say something bad you right. know, about it. I've got more respect for those guys. They saw it coming. Yeah. I mean, that was a smart move. And whether you believe whatever you believe about organic, I mean, that's definitely your prerogative to right. have your own thought process and your own beliefs. And then there's science. Yeah. But Believe what you want to believe when it comes to organic. <laughs> right. No, as long as you have the money for it. Right. It cracks me up because, like, it, like when people think, like, oh, I got this from an organic farm, they think the farmer is, like, some hippie that's, you know, growing. No. It looks like every other farmer. They just got, like, the, they got the idea ahead of time. They're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a market. I'm going to capitalize on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Is it but... healthier for me? No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but if it makes you feel good, go ahead. If you think it's healthier for you, then it's healthier for you. We'll put it's it the placebo effect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, it's, it's funny. It's funny because a lot of people are asking those questions and the GMO questions. And, right. and a lot of those things is, is they care about where or how it's, it's produced. And I'm, getting that, I'm getting that question more now than ever. And maybe it's because organic, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's a little more expensive. Yeah. You know, and right now things are tight in a lot of places and people are really trying to watch their buck. Yeah. You know, okay, I need to know. Right. Is this going to kill me? You know, <laughs> yeah. I need to know. Is this going to, is this like a super food that's right. going to, do what do, do, you got to do, man. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's fun. It's fun to have those conversations. I, I, on my page specifically, there is not a stupid question. There's stupid people and we've proved that. <laughs> yeah. <that's> you know, but... <laughs> There's yeah. not, there's not stupid questions. Like people, if people start making mean comments, that's where I draw the line. Sure. Towards me, I don't care. Towards <laughs> yeah. the other people on the pages, I care. Right. You know, if you start doing that to the followers or, or some of my friends that are on the page, or I don't care. Anybody, they start yeah. fighting in the page. Now I care. Right. Now it's a problem. You, you'd say anything to me and you're not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. But questions are welcomed all day long. Because isn't that what we want? Yes. All day long. That's what we want to do. I don't like just telling my story. I like answering questions. Yep. No, so that means people are engaged. They want to know. So yep. what can what can I do to provoke those questions? Yes. Sometimes it's a goofy video. <laughs> like, what was that behind you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I've, I've had that same experience. Like I'll have people all the time like, don't you ever quiet or don't you ever get like tired of, of people asking just stupid questions I'm like no i love it so like that's, that's like fantastic. that's the most fun conversations i have is when they have like the weird off the wall questions like like when i do my consumer interviews they always like every single without fail they always say i was gonna ask something but i think it's gonna be a stupid question or like ask it please ask it there's no such thing as stupid question if 
if it's a question that's important and I give you like if you get the wrong answer from somewhere else, that's my fault. Like ask me the question and if you want to get a second opinion, go second go get a second opinion. But there's no such thing as a stupid question. They ask me and it's usually a good question. Legitimately. Yeah. They think it's dumb. Right. But it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean down down to I just posted a picture. Uh, I rode I rode a, uh, one of our horses bareback okay. the other day, and it was hot outside. I didn't want to put a saddle on, and yeah. I was I was trying the whole hackamore deal where <laughs> yeah. yeah I didn't want to use the bit, and I right. wanted to you know really work on the training. Well, that dang horse sweat all the way through my pants, right? <laughs> so I get off this horse, and you got this butt print <laughs> on top of the horse. I saw a picture of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which now I know I need to wash as soon as I do that because I I was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> But yes. I had a guy go, I don't understand the joke. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I said, if you know, you know. Well, right. apparently he didn't know. <laughs> you know, but it led to a really neat conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of messaged, he kind of said it, said something on the page about it, and then he messaged me. And then we had this kind of longer conversation building that relationship off of a question he thought was dumb. Huh. Right? Yeah. And it was completely unrelated right. to cattle. Sure. It had to do with horses and sweat, and now I'm chafing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now we're talking about cows and his life and his backstory and why dairy is important to him. Mm. And I love that. I love making that connection based on on a commonality. Yes. And maybe it's not dairy. And that's what people don't understand. Right. Is it doesn't have to be dairy. Mm-hmm. That's why I showcase Everything. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody has horses. Maybe somebody has chickens, right. turkeys, donkeys. Yeah. I don't care. Kids. A weird kid. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I am that one. <laughs> but, you know, some commonality yeah. to come back so we can have this conversation about where the food comes from. That reassurance that you see what we're doing. You can see what I'm doing specifically. All my animals are healthy. Yeah. I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. We're happy with what we're doing. You can see all the way around us. Everything has its place. You can be assured that when you buy that gallon, you buy that ice cream, you buy that cheese, whatever it might be, that there's a lot of people just like me that you don't know that went into making that product. Yeah. And you can be, you can be happy buying that product. You can be secure buying that product. You know, there's nothing to worry about at that point. Right. You know, and that's the whole idea of going out and creating these pages and going out and taking some of these difficult, seemingly difficult questions or dumb questions or making feel people feel confident enough or assured enough they can ask you those questions. Yeah. Building that relationship with a community that we never really touched before. Right. No, exactly. You know, it's going back and we didn't want to talk to you before because we were scared you were going to hurt us. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. now like, hey, we want to have that relationship. Ask. Mm-hmm. Ask that question. Talk. Let's, let's talk about anything and everything. Let's have an open dialogue about whatever you want to talk about. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. If I can learn something from you yeah. in your life, I'm willing to do that. I'm here to share, not to tell. I'm not here to educate and force something down your throat. Right. I'm here just to share my life yeah. and what I do. And hopefully, 
that gives you confident confidence in what I'm doing in the products that we all produce. Yep. But also gives you the confidence that you can come to me and talk to me. Yeah. That I have that open relationship with you that if you have a question or you see something or somebody says something that you don't think is quite right, that just doesn't sound right. It's not what I saw on Dairy Dad. Right. You know, it's not what I saw on New Mexico Milkmaid or Tillamook Dairy Farm or whatever it might be. That's not right. that's not what I, I saw. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask the question. Yeah. Not, oh my goodness, that <laughs> must be the truth. Yeah. You know, I saw it on a billboard. Yeah. You know, I saw it on a commercial. No, absolutely. And like I I keep going back to the consumer conversations, but they're like a, a, a big part of, you know, why I'm even having this discussion with you is because they're important. But I, I've talked to these people before and they don't even realize how much their lab ties into ag. Like they, I, I always tell them like, the consumer is the most important part of the ag food chain. I don't think you realize that. <laughs> yeah. Without you, ag doesn't exist because people need to eat and people need to buy the products and people need to, you know, Farmers can't do what they do without their without their their market and without the consumer. And so they like I'll talk to them, and some of them actually have more of an agricultural background than they realize. Like mm-hmm. one of them was like, like he's like, I have no agricultural background. I've never been on a farm, or I've never like worked on a farm kind of thing. And we got into the conversation. He's like, Oh yeah, in high school I, I worked. Uh, I was a hay baler for one summer. I was like, So you've worked in ag? And he's like, Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, but like the littlest experience you can have to, to connect with them and just be like, yeah, I did that. Like I've, I've been to hay baler before. Kind of sucks, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> not, <laughs> it's not fun work. And it's so like that connection was really cool. And the guy I talked to yesterday, he's a, uh, he's an engineer, like not an ag engineer, just a general engineer. He's like, well, I worked on a John Deere tractor before. I built machines. I built parts for John Deere tractors before. Does that mean I'm an agricultural worker? I was like, I mean, you've helped the ag industry. So you're involved in ag. Yeah. And he's like, huh. I didn't think the ag was that that big, and I was like, "Yeah, it's way bigger than just farming. You know, it's it's oh, not goodness. it's not just the the production of the food. It's everything that goes into making that that production possible." And so it's, it's it's a cool conversation when you finally get like when that light flips on, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize how how important that was, or how big that was, or how cool that is." Or it's it's a cool conversation to have. So it is. It is really neat to see the light bulb turn on, mm-hmm. you know, and that connection mm-hmm. to whatever it might be. Yeah. And some of it is, like you said, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's not necessarily cows. Right. It's agriculture and all the things that make up ag. Mm-hmm. There's so many things, so many supporting roles just in the dairy community alone. I, I'm going to have to stay in my lane on this one because <laughs> I know dairy more than anything else. Sure. But I couldn't do it without the veterinarians. I couldn't do it with the truck driver that brings our supplies. I couldn't do it without the guys that produce cotton because I need the cotton seed. The almond guys that produce the almond holes. The citrus guys. I get. I feed uh, citrus pulp. Uh, I couldn't do it without those those balers and those choppers and those guy, the guy that drives the dozer to pile up my silage. I couldn't do it without the salesman that's selling our product. I couldn't do it with the sales, without the salesman that comes and tells me the products that are new and different, make sure that we're stocked up. Yeah. I couldn't do it without the people that work here. There are so many things that go around <laughs> and making this go around. I mean, we got a guy that, that comes out from uh, an HR company. There's, there's so much <laughs> that is involved yeah. in just daring. Yeah. And just here. Yeah. That people don't realize that anything you can do outside of agriculture you can do in it. Oh yeah, right. From sales, marketing, science, biology, mm-hmm. mechanics, engineering, um, art, communications, uh, 
Shoot, you name broadcasting. Yeah, we have everything. Oh, yeah. Everything. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. So many people don't understand no. that my, my the best thing I, I love to tell people, and they don't get it. They, they don't get it until I say it. A lot of people understand already that 80% of FFA students do not have a farming background. Right. Okay. That's a statistic that's been out there that's been proven. Yeah. Now, out of 100% of those kids, there's a huge majority that love the ag classes. They love it. It's the best part of their schedule yeah. are those ag classes. They enjoy it. And then when they graduate from high school and they're starting to career plan, their uh, counselors tell them it's time to look for a real job. So here are your options. Right. You can be this, that, but in the back of their mind, I really love that ad class. That's a job. Yeah. I don't care if you were shearing sheep or teaching or whatever, mechanics or welding. Yeah. I don't care if you were milking, whatever it might be. If it was sciences, if it was chemistry, biology, soils, horticulture. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> like, that is a job. You could be in that and make money. Yeah. You enjoy that. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> I mean, it's not for everybody. Right. But if you love it, do it. You can make a living doing that. Yeah. And so many people I've talked to have had that circle where they went out, had that ad class, went out because that's what was told of them, what was expected of them, hated their jobs outside of agriculture, and came back into yeah. ag in some form, whether it was sales, whether it went back to school into something else, whether it was communication. Yeah. Social media now is huge. Mm -hmm. There's a huge market for that. Oh, People yeah. that can manage those kinds of things. Um, data entry or collection. Yeah. Holy, holy smokes. <laughs> you know, there's so many levels that we can connect on. Right. That I don't care who I'm talking to. I know somebody that is in your position in agriculture that helps support the food supply system. Yes. There's zero reason why we cannot connect to absolutely everybody. Right. No, absolutely. In one way or another, we as producers and farmers and in agriculture, period, mm -hmm. just need to get a whole heck of a lot better <laughs> at communicating, yep. getting out of our bubble, yep. stop talking to ourselves, <laughs> reaching across the aisle, getting out of our comfort zone, yeah. and connecting. Talking to people that we normally wouldn't talk to because, oh my goodness, I don't know them. Or, oh my goodness, that's not in my comfort zone. Right. Or, I'm comfortable right here. I'm going to let somebody else do it. If that was the mind frame of everybody, nobody would do it. Right. No, absolutely. I agree 10,000%. And I've seen that too. I'm, that was my, you know, my experience. I, for having an ag background, I had zero interest in ag until I got into FA and until I took the ag classes and I was doing speeches and I was like, I learned that I love to teach and I love to speak and I loved the idea of agriculture and then when i was like like you said when i was told all right here's your options for jobs it's extremely limited and the ag jobs i was told that were available were like ag business ag teacher vet farmer that's it right like i wasn't taught like i didn't know ag communications was a major i mean like there was <laughs> like there's all kinds of stuff that i didn't even know was available and like talking to your average consumer 
I know a lot of people who don't even know that there's such thing as ag school. Like they think that people just go into farming and that's all of ag. They don't know that they can go to school to say that kind of stuff or that FA even exists or that like I, I actually kind of terrified one of my guests one time because I was going over some of my like scary statistics kind of things just because I like to mess with them and I'm just like, did you know? I just Shocking <laughs> off. Yeah, and, and they, lo- they love it. They, they love to know that kind of stuff. Even like they're not going to remember the statistics half the time. There is one. I know for a fact this guy's going to remember it because he wouldn't stop talking about it the entire episode and I loved it. Is actually my last episode i mentioned how in the united states less than two percent of americans are directly involved in production agriculture he was like you need to tell me the most agriculturally productive state or country in the entire world only less than two percent of your population is growing the food yeah and he's like that's terrifying it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it terrifying I think it's just because he thought that that meant that we're not going to have any food. Like, that because the number of farmers is going down, that the amount of food we're going to have is going down. And it, that is a concern, and that's part of the reason why he wanted to learn more. He's like, okay, it's like, is it possible for people to become farmers? Like, can we, like, raise that number? It's like, I kind of, I, I don't see it going much higher than that. The fact is, we're not going to make more farmers. We just need to protect the, the farmland that we have. Like, mm-hmm. we can't get any farmland back. We just got to make the most of what we have and not let any more of it get taken. And yeah. he was like, that's a good point. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell people more about that because that's important. Well, and it's, it's expanding on what we do have. Right. It's being, it's taking advantage of technology and the time that we have and the extreme speed of data that we can really take new information and use it quickly. And we can take the use of really good technology and put it into place and see a difference. I mean, the statistics on how much a cow can produce now compared to the 70s even, your average cow is doing 80 pounds of milk. Yeah. On our herd today, we're doing about 100 pounds of milk on average. And they're doing it with ease. Yeah. You know, and that's from selective breeding and that has a lot to do with understanding the animal and feeding them better nutrition and doing, you know, taking advantage of different technologies that help us understand the animal, right? Right. Helping them produce that milk in an effective manner. But it's hard to do these kinds of things without the consumers on board. Like, oh my goodness, GMO. Right. Like, oh my goodness, how can a cow now (laughs) produce 180 pounds. Like I got a cow that just pulled like 180 pounds last test. That's insane to think about. Right. When your average cow was pulling 80 pounds in the 70s. Yeah. She must be, you know, this juiced <laughs> up, you know. No. No, she's not. Right. You know, but we understand the animal better now than we did. She has all this, she had all this potential yeah. back then. We just didn't understand. Right. You know, it was this technology that helped us you know, through testing, you know, whether it's testing feeds and analyzing feeds or um, a metabolic tests to understand the animal better, you know, understand what does she need? Yeah. We're generations deep into to raising animals. Yeah. We've got generations of knowledge passed down, passed down, passed down. We are getting even more in-depth knowledge of what an animal is supposed to look like, a healthy animal, so we can recognize things quicker, easier, sooner. So these animals have a much efficient production time. But <laughs> <laughs> there's always a but. Helping 
people understand that, that we did nothing but give the animal what she needs. That part is scary. Yeah. Because there is an area there that is open for narrative. We learned that giving the cows fans and misters, we now understand where the animal starts feeling heat stress. We now understand that it's really important that animals don't, or cows don't just eat alfalfa. Right. That they need a, a balanced diet just like we do. Mm-hmm. We are still trying to figure out our own diets, <laughs> exactly. right? Are we a caveman? Are we a whatever? <laughs> what is it? Right. You know? Um, we understand a lot more now than we did before in trying to communicate those statistics that we are able to do more with less. It's not scary. We're doing it in a natural manner, in a natural way, taking advantage of efficiencies. We're able to produce more food with less land. We're able to reduce our carbon footprint Right? Yeah. Every single day, we are finding a way to reduce our carbon footprint in ag. You know, it's really funny with this whole COVID thing. I hate saying that word. <laughs> it drives me nuts. But everybody stopped driving cars. So many things came to a halt. Ag didn't. Right. Agriculture never missed a beat. Because we couldn't. No. People have to eat. We can't just say, oops, sorry, cows. We're not feeding you today. Oops, we're not going to milk you today. Have fun exploding. Right. You know, is yeah, that, exactly. you can't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> With that being said, I haven't been able to see the mountain range next to my house in a decade. I've been able to see it for almost a month. <laughs> yeah. It was covered in a haze of smog of whatever it was. I'm not going to speculate what it was that was covering my view of the mountain range that is really close. Right. But in the last, since since the lockdown, I've been able to see those mountains. My kids have had less breathing trouble. We haven't stopped what we're doing. Right. We have continued to improve. We have continued to be more efficient. We've continued to feed not just the population around us, in our city, our state, our country, but the world. We're still producing and feeding more people with 2%. Yep. <laughs> 2% of the population of the U.S. Yep. And we are pushing out that kind of food. And we're doing it because we're taking advantage of technologies. We're doing it sustainably. We're doing it because in a way to give back to the earth. Because we need the earth. We need the earth to be healthy so we can continue to do what we do. We need our animals to be healthy so we can continue to do what we do. Because we can't do it without either one. Mm -hmm. We need the earth to be healthy to produce the crops. The animals (laughs) to be healthy to produce the milk. So why, why would we do it harm? Why would we, why would we purposely be lazy and do our environment harm? We don't. We don't. But we're one of the most heavily regulated industries. (laughs) industries <laughs> it's insane yeah no, it is. it's insane so to have that two percent statistic and understand all the things that we do in ag we have to continue to feed our population we have to take care of technologies in order to continue to use the land that is continuing to shrink 
because the urban population is growing out, which means farmland is disappearing. So we have to take advantage of new technologies that are safe, that are proven, <laughs> that are science. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's natural. We're taking advantage of sustainable practices so that we can all continue to live healthfully, healthfully, so we can all, all continue <laughs> to live a healthy lifestyle. That's the goal of the 2%. Right. But we just have to teach the 98% <laughs> that we're here to help and help them understand how we're doing it. Absolutely. So I think that that is about as good a spot as any to wrap up this episode because we covered just about everything that I was hoping to cover. There's a couple of things that I was thinking we were going to touch on that just didn't fit right in the conversation. That's okay. We can always do a part two if we need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But um, yeah, so that's all I have. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Any, if you if you had anything you could say to a consumer right now, is there anything you want to say? Or So I, I would touch on two things. One, to the producer, it's important more now than ever, we have to tell our story. We have to support those that are telling the story. Our story, your story. We have to understand that we're not in it alone. That there's forces out there that are there to help. We are there to help. We are there to band together and help with whatever you need. Don't feel like you're alone. Right. But to the consumer, our practice may change in logistics. But the essence of what we do has not. The goal of what we do is to produce happy, healthy animals. Take care of those animals to the best of human possibility. We spend an ungodly amount of money and time and effort and emotion to make sure that these animals need nothing, want nothing. So that the, the products that they produce are as healthy, as clean, as nutritious, as wholesome, as pure as possible. So that when you go to the store to buy these products, you don't have to think twice. These products are good for your family. They're fun to have. They're enjoyable. And you can buy it with the faith, the trust, and the respect that that gallon of milk, that block of cheese, that bit of butter, that whatever it might be was produced with you in mind, yeah. not just your nutrition, but your livelihood, the environment that you live in, us as neighbors to you. That's, that's the essence of what we do. We've always been about the community. We're just making a name for ourselves that we are back into it again. We now understand that we need to share what we do a little more and a little different. And we are always there to answer the questions. All you have to do is ask. Awesome. I think that was probably the best message I could have come up with. So I'm glad that you got me ended on that. No, that was really good. So I think before we close out here, is there anything you want to promote? I, I know you kind of talked about your social media presence a little bit. but So for those that want to ask more questions or poke fun at me, which is <laughs> totally cool. That's why I'm here to answer questions and have a good time. Yeah. Um, you can definitely find me on CA Dairy Dad. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm trying to still learn that. It's a whole new thing for it's a, me. It's a drug, man. It, it's just <laughs> terrible. It'll poison your mind. It, it will. It's a, it's a sickness, <laughs> but it's so much fun. Uh, yes. Um, 
find me. Find me on any one of those platforms. Reach out. I'm more than willing to have the conversation, any conversation. There's not a stupid question. There's not a hard question. You're not going to put me on the spot. You're going to get only the honest answers. And if I don't have the correct answer, I will find it. Because if I don't know it, I need to know it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll definitely be putting all your links in the description and everything that people can find you a lot easier. Um, I think that's all I have. I just want to like to thank Tyler here for joining us for this great episode. I think it was one of the better conversations I've had on this show. So, I mean, at least from the agricultural perspective, it, it was actually very, very insightful and kind of the direction I think that we should be taking for this second season of Talk Ag to Me and, and getting the, those consumer consumer farmer relationships a lot healthier than they are right now. So I think that's all I have, Tyler. I think that's all you had as well. Just thank you for having the conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reaching out and asking about my story. There's a lot of people that don't want to have the conversation because they're scared or they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And you're out there provoking the questions. <laughs> you're out there asking the hard questions. You're out there trying to expose the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's all we could ever ask for. So thank you for doing what you're doing. <laughs> I hope you continue to do it. And if there's anything you ever need, um, you've got a friend here. Well, I appreciate that. And I definitely don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Good. So, <laughs> so that's all I have. I hope everyone tunes in next week. And thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank you for